Creating Cyberspace, and welcome to the Doritos Power Hour, brought to you by Doritos. This week, we showcase episode 118 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density, your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, we can admit uh, we, that we are transparent men, right? We are men of integrity, uh, men of strength, men who uh, will admit when we're wrong. With that being said, uh, the floor is yours because you'd like to admit something. So let's start episode 118 off with an admission. First of all, I'm pretty excited about this Doritos sponsorship. Classic sponsorship money, my friend. Did you know uh, Ketchup Doritos, they're a thing and we're sponsoring them. Or they're sponsoring us, actually. We're being paid in Ketchup Doritos, though. <laughs> Back the truck up. <laughs> so yes, um, uh, pursuant to last week's episode, you'd like to sort of like make an addendum or clarification to something you had said. Yes, I said I had Netflix since 2009 and I made a mistake. It actually launched in Canada in 2010, so I was off by a year. So in my notes, I have a robot equals wrong. So I guess uh, pursuant to our discussion last week about you being a data-like character, you are indeed wrong about this. I did make a mistake. Did you toss? Did you did you toss and turn? I, I've tossed and turned because of my back being uh, still broken. But no, I I, uh, I didn't lose sleep over that. I just when I looked it up, it's actually September twenty second, two thousand and ten. That's when it came out. Did you? So you Googled it. What, it what did made you Google. want? To, what made you want to look this up in the first place? I was having a discussion with Tyler and Alex where uh, Tyler was surprised that it had been on Netflix for that long and then I had to look it up and I indeed made a mistake. So here we are, you admitting that you're wrong. It takes a brave man to admit that is the case. And I'm surprised RE tossing and turning. You didn't mention the fact that perhaps you made a bed, you know, made of ketchup Doritos, but I guess that is neither <laughs> here nor there. And that is sad to me. All right. But more important news, oh, uh, here we Apple go, event. Yes. yes here we of go. Course. Um, September so, Apple event. Yes. Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things happening, a lot of things not happening. Uh, uh, sadly, my prediction um, of more AR uh, did not necessarily come true, and I'm okay with that. No, and they did a great job with the game demos, which I normally find long and drawn out. They did a great job. And I, I was pretty surprised watching the game demos when uh, they announced the Capcom demo. And who gave the demo? But uh, a cousin of mine, which was kind of amazing. <laughs> so you're I like, didn't realize... You're you're two degrees away from uh, from Tim Cook right now. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, my mom was actually visiting his mom because they're they're the cousins. My our mothers are cousins, so that okay. makes us third cousins, I guess. And my mom was actually in New Jersey last week visiting her cousin, and she had said her son's going to be in California next week. They didn't say why. I don't think he even told his mom that he was going to Apple. I don't think you're allowed to say that, but he was definitely in California. He was definitely there. Do you think her mom's cousin cares? That her son was on the Apple stage? Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm certain. She's very proud of him. He, he has a really good job working for Capcom in Japan. Right. This sounds like my uncle who works at Nintendo almost. Yes, it's really funny. When you uh, kids listening to this, you don't realize this, but in the schoolyard in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, when we knew nothing about Nintendo games coming out, we would talk about our uncles who worked at Nintendo and knew that the next Mario game, Super Mario 4, on the NES would use the light gun and the power pad. Yeah, why are you sp- spilling the beans here like 30 years too late? Yeah. Anyway, all this to say, my cousin uh, Peter Fabiano was on the stage with uh, Apple, which was pretty cool. And I sent him a quick uh, Twitter message after that, and he said thanks. So, so let I us told, talk. I told him to say hi to Tim for me. Perfect. And I'm pretty sure he didn't. No, I'm pretty sure. I don't he think. The I think to... they keep everyone away from Tim. Tim has right. his own sealed chamber that he stays in and comes out. <laughs> I figured you almost were just to the opposite. Like everyone, like their efforts made to keep away from your cousin. No, no, no. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I kid about Tim Cook because apparently he seems like an actual nice person. Yeah, he doesn't seem nearly as robotic as you do sometimes, to be honest with you. But that could just be well rehearsed, right? That, that could be well rehearsed, yes. Um, but let's go on to the news. Apple Arcade, four ninety nine. that's pretty good. So what is this? Um, basically a subscription service for games. 
that are exclusive to Apple products. Okay, and are there is there a controller? You can actually get controllers now. You can use the PlayStation and Xbox controllers to play these games. Okay, um, and how does it differ from Google's gaming platform? It differs in that I know nothing about Google's gaming platform. Yeah, I think I want to do an episode on Google Stadia and how bad this is failing, right? This is not uh, a decent gaming platform, and its adoption is quite anemic. Google does certain things really well, but uh, you know, in other places, Google uh, really fails badly. I mean, uh, kind of like at the top of that list is Google+, Plus, right, of course. But uh, beyond that, uh, if anyone is actually using Stadia, uh, tweet at us, double underscore Instagram. I'd be very, very curious to see who's playing what out there. And if they um, bought the platform, they bought the controllers, you know, let us know. I doubt anybody's really using it. And Google's going to drop that real soon. Google has no qualms about getting rid of a service that they uh, deem is not working. Well, I think that might piss off a lot of different people, right? Because if they basically like throw this out the window um, and people have invested in like physical hardware, because that's what the thing is, right? You have to buy like the controllers and stuff. Then like, I think you made a lot of people very, very mad, very, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of physical hardware, if you invest in an Apple product, you get Apple TV plus free for a year. So let's talk about Apple TV Plus, right? So Apple TV, the concept exists out there, right? So the idea is that you, um, they're going to offer you uh, a number of programs uh, of their own creation, right? Exactly. There's no back catalog, which is why everybody, and we wondered about this last week or two weeks ago, what are they going to do? There's no back catalog. They can't charge 10 bucks a month for this. And I posited maybe you'll get it free if you own an Apple device. I was kind of close in that, if you don't buy an Apple device, you won't get it free. But if you if you actually buy a new product, as part of that purchase, you'll get a, a subscription for a year to Apple TV+. Plus. Right. So the idea there is that not only do you get their programming, but the also for an added fee, you get access to other um, streaming services, right? So it's kind of like a launching point. Yeah, the other streaming services, though, it's just channels that are part of that Apple TV app, but you have to pay for those separately. This is exactly. not, yeah, this is not the four ninety nine they're going to be charging. I think it's five ninety nine here in Canada. But it is according to the Financial Post. It is five ninety nine in Canada, and they uh, they actually undercut Disney, so that's not too bad. But Disney's going to have way more yeah, things to watch exactly. when, it, when it launches. So, uh, I if it was just five ninety nine to watch Apple TV Plus. I would maybe get it for a month, watch what I wanted to watch, and then cut the service, uh, if anything. But for now, I'm not getting it because I'll probably get a new iPhone sometime this year. At least one of, one person in this family will be getting a new iPhone. My wife is due for one. And it's so, your son. Yeah, my son. My my six-year-old son is going to have an iPhone to bring to the playground. Amazing. Good for you, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Apple TV Plus seems that there's a couple of interesting shows. That C show looks like it's going to be okay. Yeah. So uh, my question to you, Aquaman. though, is... What does, yes, Jason Momoa Weekly, um, what does uh, Netflix's offerings look like in 2020, 2021, right? Like that's kind of where I'm wondering right now, right? Like we talked about all these different streaming services last week. We now know that Apple TV Plus is $4.99, $5.99. Uh, you know, what are the offerings looking like um, for other services? Because I know that um, Netflix has ramped up original programming. We talked about how uh, it was kind of okay. You talked about watching Glow, uh, Mindhunter, Stranger Things, et cetera, et cetera. But really like what, uh, do, like, do you feel like there's going to be a huge, uh, like a sizable decline in viewership um, and subscriptions for Netflix uh, moving forward in the next like three to four years? I don't know if it would be Apple TV that would take those away though, because the big no, things saying, like, are like coming HBO, on Disney. HBO Max, Disney Plus, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right? Cause we talked about last I, week, your, your glass ceiling for wanting to listen or pay per monthly. Right. And how does that compare to like a normal person's budget? Yeah, I, you're right. I don't know if Apple will cut into Netflix. Like I said, I think it'll be mostly Disney and HBO. 
Well, here, let me pause at this, right? So Apple, like Apple TV Plus, you can get HBO, right? Yes, but it's you're still paying. So Apple TV. Right, but what I'm saying is that, like, you know, if you're paying that that price and these two um, services bundled together uh, makes more sense than you uh, going off and paying for Netflix on a monthly basis and not getting the program you don't that you get want or need. HBO as part of Apple TV Plus. No, no. But what I'm saying is like it's an add-on, right? So what I'm saying is like the combined cost of those two versus what Netflix is offering. Is it uh, isn't HBO the most expensive one? But that's, that's why I'm kind of saying like that is why I picked HBO. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, okay. Sorry, it took a while for my robot brain to catch up. It's okay. I'm what, an older what I'm trying to say is like these two services, right? So the four ninety nine plus like the thirteen or fourteen bucks a month stuck together. Um, do you get more per hour value out of that than your ten to twelve dollar Netflix subscription? I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. You're gonna have to now pick and choose your favorites and. I for sure like top of my list is the Disney one, right? Like I've mentioned, there's great stuff for the kids, great stuff for adults, like not like uh, HBO style adult programming. But <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to the new Star Wars series. Those look look like they'll be interesting. The Mandalorian that seems kind of interesting. And I agree. Be, there'll be uh, really good uh, Marvel stuff as well. So. Yeah. So for me, like, for example, like the animated What If series, because I was a big fan of that as a kid, the comic book, um, that's going to be super interesting. So I'm kind of curious to see um, how that's received uh, down the line. Uh, Haley Steinfeld in the new Hawkeye show, right? Yeah, that's going to be kind of cool. I'm looking forward to a lot of this. I'm looking forward to see how it unfolds. I'm going to sit back. I'm sometimes an early adopter, but in terms of like streaming, I don't place nearly as much emphasis on wanting to, uh, you know, see these different kinds of things. And a lot of what Disney Plus is offering is cool, but is it crucial to my life? Is it something that like I will adore forever and ever? Probably not, right? Same thing with HBO. I love a lot of the stuff. Like right now, I'm watching Succession. I'm watching The Righteous Gemstones. Uh, love both shows for very different reasons, but is it enough for me to want to continue moving forward paying X amount? I'm not sure. Well, I'll tell you all about Disney when it comes out. And I think we'll have a, a longer discussion about this sometime in mid-November when everything is launched and we'll be able to kind of discover these services for ourselves. And uh, I think we'll, we'll probably spend a, a good tech segment on this entire topic. We, we've talked about it before, but now we'll actually have these services in hand watching what we're watching. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think like, let's table that, I agree, until like mid-November, like late November, kind of get an idea of what the landscape looks like then. Um, but, you know, putting that in a box uh, or a Doritos bag and then moving on to uh, another item that was discussed today was a new uh, lower-end iPad. Yeah, really good update to that iPad. That's uh, They mentioned it's the best-selling iPad. It is by far probably Apple's best value product, I would say. I would agree with that statement. It's You get a lot for... Um, in the U.S., it's under four hundred dollars. Here, it's I think it's was it three twenty nine in the U.S. and in Canada, I think it's four fifty nine. Yeah, I think that sounds so fifty nine or sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. At those prices, you're getting something pretty great. And in the U.S., the the discounted educational price is two ninety nine. That's amazing. I agree. That's a great price to get an iPad, which is functionally like we always joke around about like what is a computer, right? And I think that like that is the very definition of what a computer would be. Yeah, it's great. Um, but moving on to the Apple Watch Series five. Uh, always on display, which is something that everybody has wanted for a long time, and it's finally there. And a compass, which nobody cares. <laughs> Until you get lost in <laughs> yeah. a forest or some kind of growth that you need help with. Yeah, so... Um, Clearly, you are the outdoorsman that, it, that uh, the compass is designed for. No. 39 for for an Apple Watch, not too bad. I'm probably not getting another Apple Watch right now. I'm still happy with my Series 3. Yeah, and I mean, like, always on is kind of interesting, but what is the battery life on that? I think it's 18 hours, right? Or yeah, that's, that's really good still. So the battery life, I, I've never had an issue with my Apple Watch battery life. You charge it at night, you're fine. 
everything's cool. Right. Now, well, same thing the big the thing, Brian. So let's just talk about that very quickly, though, because that is something that is bothering me, right? So your AirPods, your watch that you continually have to charge over and over and over again. Just this is turning everyone into uh, an energy vampire. My AirPods, I charge like once a week. And but I just mean that you do have to do some kind of upkeep, though. Well, yes, of course. They're not uh, a perpetual motion machine. Yeah, have you <laughs> no, discovered free no. energy? Are but you what I mean bizarre? is like uh, how many times have I charged you know my my analog uh, like earbuds zero times over the last like, well, six months? Well, you do have to plug them in every single time you use them though, right? But I don't mind that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes, I like I like my analog headphones. Is that really what they would be called? My regular old uh, 1800s headphone jack that plugs into my devices. I like that. One of the reasons I like my iPad so much, I have an older iPad Pro with a headphone jack. It's pretty great. And I can charge it at the same time as I'm listening. Like today, while I was watching the uh, Apple keynote, I had it kind of on the side because I was working. So I didn't really want to be like staring at a screen. So it was kind of off to the side charging, but my headphones were in it. And every time somebody would say something interesting, I'd look over. Speaking of looking over, uh, just a quick sec from our sponsor, of course, Doritos new Screaming Sriracha flavor is hitting shelves in the United States this October. Check out Screaming Sriracha Doritos. Double density. Going from iPads to iPhone, of course, uh, because we live in a world where we have to name things appropriately. The iPhone 11 was, of the course, of this year's kind of, you know, um, would you call it like the the marquee sort of like a product to unveil? You know, this is twice that they've had a chance to say it's going to go up to 11. Uh, and they still haven't. Jason Snell keeps making this joke on on the podcast upgrade, and he's made it for I, iOS 11, and he's now he made it for iPhone 11, and they still haven't used it. And I think it's actually a pretty good joke. I definitely agree with that, and I'm hoping that they can sort of like uh, uh, worm their way into that uh, over the coming year. I doubt it though. There won't be an ad campaign with a uh, goes to 11. Although it'd be kind of cool if there was. So iPhone 11. And we were right. The other one was going to be called Pro. Well, we were right. Everybody's saying it anyway. It's not like we, we, we coined that term. So iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, they kind of now have a standardized naming scheme, though. They, they've gotten rid of the letters, which is right. great. You're going for the XS, the XR, the MR, yeah. the TR, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, ASMR. I'm glad those are gone. <laughs> the iPhone ASMR, you just hear crinkling. When you oh, open got some it, foley you here. This it. is this is some great foley here. Yeah. Um. One of the bigger uh, sort of like a features of the new phone is a three camera system, right? That's the pro. The iPhone 11. Uh, to my surprise, actually, they put a um a wide angle lens and a super wide angle lens. Yes. I assume they would do like I have on my iPhone 8 Plus, which is a wide angle lens and a telephoto lens. So they didn't do that. And I like being able to zoom in with my iPhone. So I, it, you know, looking at these phones, I was like, oh, this iPhone 11 seems great, but the iPhone 11 Pro has the telephoto lens and that's kind of what I want. But is it worth 300 extra dollars to me? No. Probably not. No. As much as you love taking pics of and videos of your children growing up, it's not. Angelo, do you know what trypophobia is? Is that the... Um, fear of like things that look like eyes it's a fear of small holes and uh, with this added camera to the back a lot of people um, and this is like a very real fear for a lot of people a lot of people um, are having problems with the new iPhone well they're definitely not getting the Mac Pro no they're definitely not (laughs) Um, so yeah like that's uh, that's a bit of an issue people have talked about this with other camera phones that camera bump is pretty ugly yeah, I'll have to see it in person, but it's really ugly. I was reading that this is like the th- the first like th- three layer iPhone. Yeah, there's a f- yeah. It, 
I'm curious to see how that's going to work on a desk where like you, you tap on it, but right. Cause I guess you must flip it on your screen. Yeah, exactly. In terms of what iPhone I would get right now, what do you think? I would get an XR. Really? Yeah. Cause of the, the, the price it's pretty good. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. I don't need a third camera. What do I need a third camera for? So you'd get a 10R, well, you would, you would only need to have one camera on the 10R, right? Because I mean, the only reason I would need three cameras is to behold the sight of Doritos Blaze flavored tortilla chips now available in select markets. But apart from that, I don't really see another use for it. You can get some sweet macro shots of those. I could, I could yeah, but do you really want to nice zoom in? powder on top. Yeah, <laughs> the cheese dust. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so look, so the, the 10R, like you said, or XR as you called it, if you would get that, you'd have um, the one camera that that phone came with last year. I'm right? fine with that. I mean, like, listen, I'm rocking an, like a, an SE right now. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, so it, it, one, when I saw the 11, I said, you know what? I'll probably get this phone. And then the 11 Pro, they showed that. And the camera stuff on that is pretty amazing. And the screen is pretty amazing too. It's an OLED screen, whereas the iPhone 11 is the LCD screen. The thing is, when you're looking at an iPhone 10R, which is, has the same type of screen, all you can tell is that it's a pretty good screen. Apparently, if you put it next to a 10S, which has the OLED screen, that's when you start noticing how much nicer those OLED screens are. Right. Again, is it worth the extra cost? What's going to happen in terms of my determining what I'm going to buy in a few weeks or a few months is how much is this going to cost me when I get whatever deal I get through my carrier, because I always manage to get a deal through my carrier one way or another. I'm curious to see what they offer now. Is it because you jack into the mainframe and figure out the perfect price point? Yes. Okay. I usually just call them and say, I'm going to leave and go with somebody else. What can you offer me? And they usually give me a decent deal. And that usually works for you, yeah? Usually we'll see, but they've changed things here in Canada too. In the US, it's been for a while now where there's no subsidized phones. You just basically buy a phone and you have your plan. Exactly. And they seem to have headed that way here. It's been a couple of years since I looked for a plan. And I think that's what they do here now. When I, I actually called my carrier today to, since I, my iPhone is now paid off with regards to the way they were subsidizing the phone, I discounted my phone bill by $30 a month. Um, which seems more than I was paying for my phone, but I actually went down a tier in terms of data as well because I noticed I don't use that much data. So I have a $55 plan now, which is pretty good. Yeah, but compared to the rest of the world, it's kind of crappy, right? But that's a whole other discussion I have. Yeah, Canada does not have the best cell phone plans, but it works for me. It's in my budget. It's fine. A lot of carriers now, what they do is they, yeah, you basically, you pay the phone off on a monthly basis in addition to your usage bill, right? Yes, exactly that. And so it, it'll likely come out to somewhere between 25 and $35 more per month. Okay. And you're comfortable with that? I'm not comfortable with $35 a month. No, <laughs> well, I'm no not. of course not. So I, I'll have to see what the prices are and what's happening with those things. So we'll see. I'm definitely not trading in my phone, though. I like the, I, I don't like trading in my, my devices because I do hand them down to my children, which will get some use out of it. So I feel See, but that's being on. ecologically friendly, I think. That's a good move. It's not like my kids are walking around with iPhones either. My daughter has a phone in her room that she uses for music, so uh, it would be nice. But she doesn't want my phone. She says it's too big. Oh, there you go. Uh, from the mouth uh, of babes, right? Yeah. I told her she can use it. She's using a first-generation iPad mini right now. And Good for she's her. she's fine with it. Yeah. It's, she's, I had asked her if she wanted a new iPad for her birthday. She said, no, this one's fine. How frugal. Wow, that is an exemplary, exemplary child there. It's almost like there's like strong parenting going on. 
Yes, I, I try my best to impart good financial decisions on my daughter. We've talked about finances on the show before. But you also try to get her into magic and illusions, uh, which is an issue, but whatever. Always encourage your children to do things they like. She likes magic because <laughs> I told her to. <laughs> is this a situation where she likes magic or you really like magic and she kind of likes magic, but she sees your enthusiasm and goes with it? Remember, she's the one who got me back into it. Right, of course, of course. Okay. Your child forced you into your old habit. Yes, absolutely. So now iPhone choices available. There's an iPhone 8, no 8 Plus. There's the 10R, iPhone 11, and iPhone 11 Pro and Pro Max, which sounds weird. Pro Max looks like a brick. Not bad lineup. And I'm, th- I'm hoping when I decide to go buy a phone that the carrier might actually have iPhone 10S's on in stock to maybe buy at a lower price as well. So uh, I, the 10S, if you guys can get your hands on one discounted, that's a really good phone still. I uh, agree with you uh, there, my friend. Uh, one last thing you want to bring up about the Apple event is due to all these new phones and their cameras, uh, the idea of a slow feed. Do you want to go into what a slow feed is and how it's going to ruin your life in about a year from now? I hope they don't catch on. Um, while we were watching the Apple event, I was in a discussion with uh, Alex and Tyler from RGBA. And uh, <laughs> one of the things Alex said is, I hope these slow fees do not catch on. Uh, and I agree with him. They're a terrible idea. It's Apple trying to do something like the, uh, what are they doing? Those emoji cons or whatever? Not emoji cons, but what are the, what, and emojis or whatever. And emojis, yes. Yeah. Emoji cons are exactly what emojis are called, correct? I was, I was going to let you die on the vine for a bit just yeah. to see if it's one. So just because I, I, I want you to make up a new term for like these emojis you don't understand. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, maybe the new kids will dig it or whatever. <laughs> so, new phones worth buying over an older, less expensive model, Brian? Probably not. Not in your case, right? No, not right now. I mean, the thing is, like, my phone usage is pretty minimal. It's podcasts, music, the occasional photo or video. Really, I'm not running anything big. I don't really play a lot of games on there either, right? So, yeah, I'm I'm leaning heavily towards if I can find a discounted iPhone 10s or 10s Max when I go buy a new phone this year. I will probably get one of those. Um, but me saying this now, uh, who knows, in November, I'll be talking about Apple TV Plus on my iPhone Giant Pro or whatever they're called. <laughs> uh, one last uh, article I'd like to talk to you, uh, you about uh, in this case. And this is um, something that I want to talk to you about because I know it's going to get you angry. And I feel like this is a good place to cap things off for the tech section uh, of episode 118. That is a Verge article called YouTube Creators Are Turning the Site Into a Podcast Network. YouTube is not for podcasts. Podcasts go on iPods. <laughs> and iPods only. And iPods only. Um, can we talk about uh, something that you and I talked about uh, offline, or not necessarily offline, but like via text? And it is the notion of the French word for podcast, which is balado. So if you took that word and sort of like turned it back into English, it sounds like it's saying walkie. Oh, that's interesting. You know, because in balade, taking a walk. Yeah, well... Does it make more sense or less sense than podcast? In 2019, no. I mean, when it was created 15 years ago? Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, it, it made a lot of sense because people were playing these things on their iPhones. Oh, sorry, not on their iPhones in 2005. <laughs> Those were time travelers. Uh, they were playing John them. John iPhone? I knew you were bringing him up. Uh, they were playing them on their iPods. That's how I listened to podcasts as of uh, 2004. They were, I was listening to Twitch shows on my uh, iPod. Not even classic. It wasn't called a classic then because it was the contemporary iPod. <laughs> and it Showing was the, your age slowly but surely yeah, here. Third generation iPod with the um, non-physical click wheel. All right, so I'm going to name a bunch of people here going back to the Verge article, and I want you to tell me whether or not you have watched their video podcast. Are you ready? 
All right. The answer will be no to all of them. Logan Paul. No. Marquise Brownlee. No, but I watch his videos. I didn't realize he had a video podcast, actually. Emma Chamberlain. I don't know who that is. The H3 podcast. I have heard the podcast in actual pod form where it belongs. The Joe Rogan experience. When I've listened to Joe Rogan, I've listened to him on a pod type device. So an article like this kind of gets you angry, right? Because you want to keep your types of media separate. <laughs> you make me sound like a media racist. No, you're, you're a purist. You're like a media purist. And I, I can understand where you're coming from. So for example, like the H3H3 gang, right? They have the, the main feed, which is H3H3 Productions. They also have the H3 podcast, which they first, um, and I'm not sure if they're still doing this because I haven't watched it a couple of months, but they premiere the, they do it live on Twitch, right? And then they kind of like bring that over into YouTube. And then they have a separate third channel where they cut up these podcasts into highlights you know, lasting anywhere from a couple of minutes to about a half hour. And then also bring in that extra revenue stream, uh, all the while not necessarily cannibalizing their other um, revenue streams and channels, but also just kind of adding to the ecosphere of what they're doing. Yeah, it, it really isn't the way I consume podcasts. Again, though, we've discussed this. I'm very particular about how I use computers and technology. And I, I do understand that a little bit of an anomaly with the from the normal populace out there, right? Like I have a desktop on my computer that has only a few icons on it. I can't stand when I see people with a thousand icons on their desktop. It drives me crazy, but people do it anyway. Or when people walk around with cracked iPhone screens, how do you manage? Just go get it fixed. Or you know what's worse than a cracked iPhone screen, Brian? It's people that have an iPhone screen protector, but it's all bubbled and partially tearing off. Just tear it (laughs) off, spend the $7 and get a new one. I agree with that. Um, so uh, I want you to take off your irate tech man hat. Can you do that for yeah. me? Yeah, done. Uh, put on your content creator hat because that's what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Picture uh, two of our channels, right? So there's the Double Density podcast channel and then there's the Double Density highlights channel and that helps to bring people into our ecosphere. Does that interest you at all? Yeah, the highlight this week would be me going off on people uh, bifurcating their media. And I couldn't wait to read the comment section. It's like three guys calling you very nasty names because that's just YouTube in general, right? Um, and sort of related, I don't know if you've seen, uh, YouTube had pledged to close comments on uh, videos where uh, young children were prominently featured, but that is clearly not the case. And a lot of weird stuff is still going on there. Ugh. Yeah, this is... My kids, actually, when they watch YouTube, they don't even go look at the comments. I don't think they really know what the comments are. First of all, my son watches it mostly on Apple TV. And again, they watch one channel. So that's it. Actually, my daughter, you know what she's gotten into? She's using the CBC app to watch the Great Canadian Bake Off. Oh, perfect. Uh, is there anyone out there watching the Great British Bake Off uh, this season? Let me know. Uh, Brian Hasty with an eye on Twitter. I am currently, uh, It's you know, there have been two episodes so far, and I'm very, very enamored, and I've been watching the last couple of seasons. Um, and so this year is still a delight. And uh, she has admitted she hates those things that interrupt the show all the time. <laughs> because she's not uh, used to commercials at all right right because daddy has paid for a commercial free experience uh so let us uh take a couple of minutes uh maybe take some slow fees um talk about doritos you know uh cool ranch etc and then come back to the paranormal side of things how does that sound sounds delicious Double 
Density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we are switching gears from tech to the paranormal. Double Density episode 118 brought to you, of course, by Doritos, a taco flavor. Eat them, love them, enjoy them, share them with your family today. Now, first thing we want to talk about is a Reddit post that I want to share with you, Angela, that because I feel like um, a lot of the times we love talking about UFO events themselves, but we also like talking about them, uh, you know, the ideas and notions and philosophies surrounding, um, you know, unidentified flying objects, you know, uh, or UAPs, depending on how you fall on the spectrum. I don't of, like saying UAP. Right. I know. I know. You don't like it phenomena. It sounds so pretentious. It does. So I found uh, something in the UFO subreddit by uh, user windlep7, and it's titled, I don't think we're ready for disclosure. And it's basically like this treatise about how we as a society um, are still quite divided and not really ready to deal with the implications of a uh, visiting monoculture, let's say, because that is the thing that I sort of wanted to talk about too later on after this is the idea and the notion of like this weird um, false ideal and idea of if we ever get visited or, you know, if we've been visited and uh, that the idea is uh, whoever this alien civilization would be is a monoculture, right? Just one culture existing um, where I feel like where they to exist, um, there'd probably be different factions or something or the like. Like us. Exactly. Just way more advanced and more interesting and uh, demarcated. But yeah, so I feel like there's a lot to sort of like think about and um, reflect upon in terms of like the idea that, yeah, like, um, you know, the opening is I keep hearing how we're ready to hear the truth. And we already know that life exists in our universe and NASA is found a number of Earth-like planets. Um, so the thing is that like, you know, and we talked about the Brookings report a couple episodes ago and the idea, like the conditioning that needs to happen for us to get to the point where we're ready to accept, um, uh, you know, an alien civilization uh, making contact with us is quite large. Well, you brought up an interesting point and uh, mild spoilers here for the show Colony. Have you ever watched that? No. I'll, I'll put a quick chapter break here, but... Skip it if you don't want to get spoiled for season three, I think. Anyway, uh, the whole premise of the show is that the Earth gets colonized by this alien, by aliens, I guess. And uh, well, you find out... Are they the, aliens or not? Well, no, wait. Then you find out in this third season that they're actually uh, robots. They're, they're AI. And the thing is, is they're here on Earth to use humans to create more things at this factory that they have. Uh, because there's other aliens that are chasing them that are way worse than them. Even though humans think these aliens are terrible for colonizing them, well, what's coming is even worse because they're going after them. So uh, it's kind of um, similar to what you were talking about, and spoilers over. Wow, I can't believe you said that out loud. I'm glad that you put a chapter break there. Was it Stephen Hawking who said that if we are visited by aliens, we're kind of screwed? Yes. It was him, right? And I agree with that. I mean, like, I can't remember the exact quote, but yeah. No, uh, it's not. But it's, it's similar that if they come here, it's we're going to be insects to them. Because if they can make it here, there's so much more they can do beyond what we can do. And uh, but I like the line in this uh, post about uh, where there's no Will Smith that's going to be able to fly around and we're not going to hack their computers. Um, but the iPhone 11 is pretty powerful. That uh, A13 chip might be might be good enough. One of my favorite alien quotes is from Calvin and Hobbes author Bill Watterson, who says, I think the surest sign that there's intelligent life out there in the universe is that none of it has tried to contact us. So that is presumably true. Uh, pretty hard to prove. Pretty hard to disprove at this point, right? Because there are billions of us. Yeah. And this uh, this uh, original poster, what was his name? Winlep7? Uh, sounds yes. sort of like me, where he can't, uh, or me a few years ago, like 
where he can't watch anything about alien abductions because it terrifies him. It's sort of like me um, back when I was younger and uh, that stupid Unsolved Mysteries episode terrified me with the uh, communion cover. Um, I'm sure this will tempt Rob to send me a tweet about it. Anything like that back then used to scare me. So it's nice to see that there's uh, uh, similar thoughts out there where it is scary, the idea of it. He seems to be somebody who doesn't really, uh, he's a skeptic apparently. So, uh, but he does seem to believe in UFOs, uh, wholeheartedly. Like he does seem to think uh, there are aliens visiting us. I'm still not of that opinion. I think we're still, um, all alone over here. Nobody's visited us yet, but the chances of aliens out there are really high. And, uh, if they do visit us, um, we're in trouble. I definitely do agree with that. And one of the points that he does make that I kind of want to talk about, which will segue into other stuff we talk about, is the idea that a significant portion of the world is still uh, considers themselves religious, right? Exactly. And um, I don't know if religion and alien contact is like uh, mutually exclusive, but it does change what people believe if they follow the Bible directly, right? Where there's no mention of aliens and there's there. Well, I mean, not directly. No. So uh, then, you know, if uh, the God... Are we talking about like the canonical Bible or like the uh, the lost uh, like books of the Bible, like the Anunnaki who may have been considered to be aliens? The, 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 let's talk mainstream Bible, Brian. Mainstream, <laughs> mainstream religious Bible. People Bible. Yes. Fair enough. Where, you know, God made us in his image and all that stuff. Well, uh, what if the aliens don't look like us? Then who, who made them? Right. So you do not believe that um, the theory of ancient astronauts is real? Not at all. Um, but what about, and like, I'm not a religious person either, so I, I do understand the Bible. I, I've, I've read a lot of it, actually, because I'm, I have a degree in art history, like I've mentioned before. And a lot of the art I studied was religious art, and I had to do a lot of research in that. And um, people still love their religion. Yeah, it's true. Uh, circling back to the idea. So you don't believe the Ark of the Covenant is an alien uh, transportation vehicle? No. And the actress from Baywatch that found <laughs> right. it and injured herself doing so, I don't think she said it was an alien object. Oh, either. okay. Fair enough. She would definitely know about that. What about the book of Ezekiel? About Ezekiel seeing an immense cloud that contained fire and immense lightning and brilliant light. Could be a weather balloon. Could be a project storm. Mogul. It could be. Project Mogul, Yeah. <laughs> Just back in time. Um, but that leads me to something else that I want to talk about, and that is a, a Gallup poll that was recently released, sort of like, I guess, ahead of the supposed September 20th Area 51 raid. And the headline for this poll is, Americans skeptical of UFOs but say government knows more, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so they uh, juxtapose um, some of their findings from a 1996 poll um, and then a June 2019 poll. Yeah, uh, things have changed uh, a little bit. Um, in terms of the, the numbers are like, it's weird. Like there, there was very, there's a lot more people with no opinion in 1996 and now everybody has an opinion. So I thought that was very interesting. I wanted to talk about that because it relates to the sex section a little bit in terms of like everyone being online all the time. Everyone is entitled to share their opinions. Yes. A lot more people know what's going on now than in 1996. The internet was, uh, in its infancy at that point. Did you have internet in 1996, Brian? No. No, um, I had access to the internet in 96 uh, at school and um, that's it. Uh, we basically got internet December 97. I was uh, very busy looking up uh, Alanis Morissette web rings at that point. Did you ever join? No, I didn't. And um, I, did, I did look up Area 51 stuff. In fact, um, my sister told me that 
when she first got internet at work and she works at a university just like I do, when they first got internet, one of the first things she looked up was Area 51. Well, good for her for using yeah. the resources around her to benefit her uh, quest for knowledge. Yeah. Uh, Area 51. Do you think there's aliens there? I don't think there's aliens there. I think if they were there, they were moved. Yeah. But that is a very broad, uh, high-level kind of concept. Yes, exactly. They're just high rollers right now. Um, Yeah, so to come back to this Gallup poll, um, as of June 30th, uh, 2019, 68% of people believe that the U.S. government knows more about uh, UFOs than it's telling us. 29% say no, and 2% have no opinion, as you were saying, compared to 1996, where 71% believe that the government was hiding things from people, i.e. aliens, uh, and then 19% said no. But then there was 10 people who didn't have an opinion either way. So is this the politicization of um, uh, either uh, belief in government trust or aliens? I think it's a bit of both. Um, People do mistrust the government more so now than they ever have. But the thing is, it's really hard to hide things now. Right. You can't hide anything. I mean, look, Bob Lazar came out with everything. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You got me there, friend. You got me there. Uh, something very interesting, though, is that uh, the majority of people, 56%, believe that uh, those who actually spot UFOs are seeing something real and not just imagining it. And that's up from 47% in 96. Well, I also believe that the people who see something are seeing something. It's just sure. not what they think it isn't. What? Is that the way to say that? <laughs> they're, they're seeing something. They're misidentifying it, but it's probably something terrestrial. Yeah, I think it's a, I, and that's the thing is I wanted to bring that up because I know that you like trumpeting that fact and I don't disagree with it, that the idea that we believe that people are seeing something, the definition of what that something is, we're not quite sure of yet. And now with your new iPhone 11 Pro, you'll have three camera angles to use. Yeah, you need to zoom in properly with all that. You can zoom in, you can zoom out and then really zoom out to get a good sense of what we're looking at. And I, I'm, I'm saying that sort of in a joking way, but I'm actually serious, right? It's important that if you're videoing a UFO of some kind, actual like spatial recognition is important there. You can't just zoom in on a blob. You, if you zoom out, you'll kind of get more of a sense of where it is in the trees. You might be zooming in on something, moving around, and you'll be staring at a, at a streetlight for two hours. Right. I think that uh, you've uh, covered some of uh, the greatest hits of WNC over the past six months right there. Yes. Um, so good, good thing use a wide angle lens, zoom yes. out. Yes. And then if you have a good telephoto lens, zoom in, but don't use your, um, can I jump into a tech pet peeve that I didn't mention before? The floor, the floor is yours here. When people zoom in on their phones with one camera, don't do that. Just take the picture and then zoom in after because you're that. zooming in on nothing. It's a digital zoom. It's completely useless. Don't do that. There's a huge chart kind of towards the end of this poll that I kind of wanted to talk about because it uh, reveals some really interesting stuff. So there are two columns. Um, the first is think some UFOs are alien spacecraft. And the second one is have personally seen a UFO. So a third of people think that UFOs are alien spacecraft. Um, and that is pretty much even along gender lines. So 33% of women and 34% of men believe that UFOs are an alien spacecraft. And then um, holding steady at 16 uh, all the way across the board. I don't think they're alien aircrafts. I've said that before. Uh, I'm surprised it's a third of people think they're alien aircrafts. I'm not at all. I think no. like uh, I think it, it speaks to uh, uh, a, a desire to um, explain the unexplained. We've talked about this before, and I feel like um, sometimes aliens are that need explanation for people. Oh, yeah, I'm wrong. Maybe, 
You know, I, I, I'm having a hard time deciding. Should Are you it be having less a computation error? Computation no, error? no computation error. I, I thought more people would think it was aliens. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. I'd love to know uh, the thinking because the thing is like, yes, we see numbers, but I'd love to hear the reasoning behind why people have said yes or no to these different things. Interesting too about the West, right? How yes. uh, so more on people the West, on the West coast of the US, significantly more people. Is it because uh, they're near uh, Sonora Valley or whatever it's called? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, then you're Roswell, then you're a lot of different kinds of, of things, Los Alamos, et cetera, et cetera. More woo-woo stuff over there too. Yes. So 41% of people who live in the West think that there's some, uh, that UFOs are alien spacecraft and 20% of those people have personally seen UFO. That's a fifth of the population has seen a UFO. The most serious people are in the Midwest, only 27%. Very serious, uh, plains people. Yeah. And then like, yeah, only 12% of people who live in the East have personally seen UFO. That's kind of crazy. Um, kind of interesting is that, uh, <laughs> Uh, non-college educated people uh, believe that UFOs are alien spacecraft 10% more than college graduates. So 37% of people who uh, did not get a college degree believe that aliens are alien spacecraft. And then eight and, and of that 18% believe that they've seen UFO and then college graduates, uh, 27% think that they're aliens and then 11% of personally seen UFO. Is it because that these college graduates are friggin' nerds with their movies <laughs> in, in their books the entire time, never looking up? Because I think we've talked about that too, the idea of like not as many UFOs get spotted because no one's looking up anymore because we're so concentrated on our iPhone with three cameras. Yeah. Mm, I don't buy that. People still look up. Um, before phones, people were staring at their comic books or their rock and roll music or their n- novels. <laughs> But no, I, you're right. People are looking down more. The thing is, is that's not a reason. Uh, people should be taking more videos of these things, and they're not. And I don't know why. Yes. I don't think it's because they're just staring at their phones. Do you think it's that? I think it's partially that no one's looking up, so no one's paying attention. Ugh. <laughs> I, I don't know. What's the world coming to, Brian? These aliens are going to come and just eat us. Well, I think people live in their, their personal bubbles a lot more than they did even 15 years ago. That's true. The number of people you see with headphones and, and AirPods and things like that on, like, for example, you take the train in the morning, right? Like, almost everyone has them in. Yeah, I actually get nervous around people that are just sitting there and not doing anything. What I'd like you to do is go to a corner store and buy a pack of Doritos Flavor Shots nacho cheese-flavored coated peanuts to share with them. Perhaps a friend is in the making here. Maybe. So where are we going with this, Brian? What do you think? So um, I kind of wanted to talk about the the two last quadrants, which is... Um, uh, 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 how much money someone makes and then their preference of religion. So the interesting thing about this, um, uh, in terms of like uh, salary, so the hundred thousand plus and less than 40,000, um, there's not a huge discrepancy. It's only, you know, a 4%. Um, so 33% of those who make more than a hundred thousand dollars a year believe that, uh, UFOs are aliens. And then, uh, less than 40,000, um, 37% believe that UFOs are aliens. But the interesting thing is that only 9% of people who have personally seen UFO uh, make more than 100,000 versus 21% of those making less than 40,000. To me, the uh, richers in this list here are too busy staring at their, uh, you know, their books once again, post-graduation. They're being driven around in their Bentleys. Exactly, exactly. They're too busy with their tinted windows to actually look at the night sky. The, you know, the sky roof, you know, and the car doesn't work. They're sleeping in their Teslas. It's driving them home. See, there you go. There's all kinds of reasons here as to only why 9% have personally seen UFO versus... It is a nice, interesting stat, though. It's really uh, significantly lower. Yes. Yeah, but then again, the, the so the notion of belief and then the actually seeing are kind of interesting, right? True. And then lastly, um, 
so uh, 31% of Protestants or other Christian faiths um, believe that UFOs are space, uh, sorry, that uh, uh, UFOs are aliens um, of that 17% have personally seen UFO. And then uh, Catholics, only one higher, 32% believe that UFOs are actually aliens. And then uh, agnostic, atheistic, other people, people of no religion, 40% think that UFOs are some kind of alien spacecraft. If you're religious, you're wondering if and how aliens would fit into your faith. So maybe it, it, it biases people. The weird thing about this though, and something that I want to bring up is that in doing some research for this episode. So uh, in terms of religions in the United States, uh, uh, almost half are Protestants compared to 23% being Catholic. So I don't understand why um, Protestants and other Christians have been lumped together versus Catholics. Yeah, I know. I found that kind of weird too. Because if anything, I would inverse it, right? I'd say Catholic, uh, those of the Catholic faith and other, um, uh, you know, lines of Christianity and then Protestants at the top. Yeah, whereas we're here in Quebec um, is very different from the rest of North America where it's uh, predominantly Catholic. Yes, um, but I, I find that weird. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I think it's kind of interesting that uh, agnostic, atheistic people uh, have more of a belief in uh, things of uh, otherworldly origin existing. Yeah, I guess because they can they can open their mind to that versus uh, they, that they can't open their mind towards uh, a faith. So the uh, most uh, so if we were to profile someone who believes that UFOs are aliens, they are male. They are uh, 18 to 29. They live in the West, right? So someone uh, like a hippie New Mexico, let's say, mm-hmm. who uh, is not a college graduate, right? Makes so, less uh, than 40 grand a year. And is agnostic. Huh. Kind of interesting. I find yeah. this kind of fascinating. I find this kind of stuff fascinating. I would love to, because um, obviously this is qualitative, not quantitative. So I would love to hear more about what people um, uh, and why they believe what they believe. But, you know, something to note is that 86% of those surveyed say they have ha- they've heard or read about UFOs or unidentified flying objects, uh, whether or not they have an opinion about it. Do you have an opinion, Ryan? You're still all in, aren't you? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those 16% of Americans who say they have personally, personally witnessed something, for sure. You'll have to talk about that one day. I will. I will. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of funny looking back and, you know, choosing 1996 as a benchmark is kind of an interesting time because that was kind of like the, the height, I guess, of the nineties that, you know, that, that paranoid lifestyle, the, uh, the idea of, uh, UFOs and government cover-ups being sort of like in the, the forefront of a lot of the pop culture discussions that were occurring because of the X-Files, the X-Files and also like other, um, uh, yeah, the, definitely the X-Files kind of spearheading a lot of that. I, uh, and Unsolved Mysteries was still on. Yes, it, sans, it was still on. Uh, sans, uh, what's his name, Robert Stack? No, he was still there. In he was still there? Yeah, oh. there was two more. The, yeah, it was either the last season or the before last season at that point. Okay. okay. Uh, but that is interesting to note. I don't know. I, I kind of find this kind of stuff interesting. I don't know about everyone else, but uh, I like to talk stats. And, uh, you know, uh, you know who else to talk stats? People who love eating Cool Ranch flavored Dorito chips that you can make up anywhere in North America at this point. Share with a friend. I like to eat Doritos as I watch UFOs. <laughs> the great American pastime. Are there any black Doritos? Because those would be black triangles. I mean, there's like black corn tortilla chips, right? Mm. So are, are you trying to say that perhaps that there is a direct link between the two? It's possible. I like the idea of you inserting this idea. I like this idea that you want to create a fake narrative uh, about UFOs. I feel like yeah, this like is like a also... fake narrative about a sponsor. <laughs> Uh, like an empty a bag of Doritos, of course. Uh, I feel like this is a great part uh, for us to end episode 118 of the Double Density Podcast. You can find us over at Twitter, Double Underscore Density. You can hit up Instagram, Double Density Podcast. And then also you can hit up DoubleDensity.net where we have a brand new web player from which you can listen to our podcast. Though you can find us everywhere on a bi-weekly basis um, uh, on Wednesdays, uh, dropping new episodes for the foreseeable future. Uh, 
unless one of us is broken. Yes, unless one of us is broken, and then we have to quickly record and release and uh, hope that uh, people listen in. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed the Epstein episode. I was told by three different people, actually, that uh, this is the first time they actually may believe in a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I I did not find it too far-fetched. So uh, if that's my opinion, imagine what other people would say. Right, if a normie person uh, decided to listen to the episode or read into it for a couple hours, yeah. uh, it reveals a lot about uh, the heights to which the elite go to protect themselves. I wonder if uh, anybody who uh, knew uh, Epstein listened to the episode. <laughs> I highly... Did you tweet uh, at the president? No, not yet. I feel like he has enough going on in his life that I don't want to just... You know, I don't want to perturb him. We could offer him some Doritos. We could. He probably is a, a fan of those, right? Uh, remember when Similarly he, colored. Yes. <laughs> uh, that is a very good point, actually. But, uh, you know, can we go like a day without talking about him? This is the hellscape that we are in now. And with that, Angelo, I am going to bid you farewell and I offer everyone to tune in next week as we live a Doritoless lifestyle. I'll see you around, my friend. See ya.